But first, coffee. Is that Gary? What is he mowing with? Wait, that's a Skag Tiger Cat 2 Zero Turn Mower. That unmistakable cat's eye gold color, durable tubular steel frame that can stand up to the toughest conditions, comfy thick cushion suspension seat, powerful engine, heavy duty cutter deck. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. The moment you know, you want a Skag. Visit Skag.com to find out why Skag mowers are simply the best. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. We're going to be talking about... The first reason rally, a march on Washington, D.C. by atheists and other non-religious people, uh, this hour with my special guest, uh, you know, it's expected to draw thousands and thousands of people. Now, that doesn't surprise my guest, who is Dennis Bank, a minister and author of Sanctiprise, uh, who says a growing number of Americans are disillusioned about religion. More than 16% of us are atheists, agnostic, or not affiliated with a religion. That's twice the percentage that it was in 1987, says Dennis. 
and he's citing surveys by Gallup and the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life. Joining me now from Calgary, Alberta, is my guest this hour, Dennis Banks. And Dennis, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you, Rob. Great to be here. Great having you with us, Dennis. Um, tell us a little bit Thanks. about yourself. Well, I, I guess my learning experience was uh, with the Mounted Police up in here in Canada. I was stationed uh, throughout Alberta. Right. And uh, worked there in the area, primarily in the area of sexual assault and crimes against persons. Mm-hmm. And then from there went to uh, seminary and uh, Bible school and thinking I was going to plant a church, but you know, uh, I wasn't ready, and I the 20 years that have gone by have shown why I wasn't ready because of what I needed to learn. And in the meantime, I was in um, business. I had a Canada-wide business there for a number of years, recently shut that down, and uh, basically things kind of fell out, and it was then that I started to look at what I believed mm-hmm. and how I believed because I realized that got me to where I was, where I found myself. So it was a complete checkover. And as a result of uh, seven, eight years of the, that uh, um, disaster, I guess, went bankrupt, um, divorced, you know, a number of other uh, issues came up. And But because, see, that wasn't supposed to happen to a Christian, it did. Okay. And so that caused me to look at things. Did you find it to be a hard trans, uh, transition from being a member of the RCMP to going into the ministry? Uh, well, it, uh, it was a, a little bit, and um, I, I think what it was was the attention that was drawn to a person coming out of the police force in seminary because they thought, well, you know, this was his pretty cool, cool guy. He's got it all together. Right. Where I didn't, I was getting attention that I didn't deserve. Hmm. Dennis Banks is my guest to this hour, Exxon Nation. We're going to be talking about the fact that more more Americans are saying no to religion. And I would imagine, Dennis, the same is being set up here in Canada, that more Canadians are saying no to religion as well. That's correct. And it's I think the thing is to understand is that they're saying no to religion. Mm-hmm. But are they saying no to the Bible or to Christianity? I think religion is man-made. You know, if you if you look over throughout the world, it's pretty confusing for a person to figure out what they should look at, what they should listen to, what they should read. Because you have one religion that uses jihad, or they convert by violence. You have another one that uses segregation control, like a cult. You have another one that uses psychology. You have another one bent towards activism. Another mm-hmm. one... Uh, conformity, what they mean is we'll, we'll become like you, you know, just come on, we'll, we'll, we'll be like you. Another one, you see the power and the money. Another one you'll see using the occultic practices and the appearances of spirituality, but when you get a little closer, you see some stuff that perhaps is off color. All right, stand by, and Dennis. You and I have one. to, Dennis, you and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. We'll be right back. Exonation Dennis okay. Banks is our special guest, www.sanctiprise.com. Dot com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back in two. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Exonation, uh, Dennis Banks is our special guest for this hour. And uh, Dennis, you refer to Christianity as being man-made. Isn't all religion man-made? Well, it, it has come that way. It ought not to, but it has um, certainly become that. Uh, when you look at, um, I think what we have, we have people trying to reach God, and everybody's using a different set of mm-hmm. blocks. Some are calling them Christianity. Some are calling it, you know, the religion. For instance, religion, you won't even you find it four times in the Bible. And each time, it's negative connotation. Because religion is something that's external, that that is uh, consisting of ceremonies, very often disciplined, very regimented. But when you go there, it seems kind of empty. And, right. and Christianity being man-made is... Um, I think when people find the spirituality isn't working, they start adding to it or taking away from it. And then you end up with something a few years down the road is nowhere close to what it was meant to be. And I think somebody coming into a church that is man-made, they know intuitively what, how a Christian should act. Let me give you a brief little story. Sure. I was at the academy with a Mount of Police. I, we were taking a class, I believe it was a psychology and I didn't like some of the things that the instructor, which was a, another policeman, that was, was saying. And when I left the class, I didn't say anything in class, but after class I was muttering and I was complaining about that. Beside me was one of my troopmates, and he knew my stand as a Christian. And you know what he said to me? He said, Dennis, that is okay for you to say that, or it's okay for me to say that, but it's not okay for you. For the stand you make as a Christian, you cannot talk like that about another person. And I go, isn't that interesting? Because he knew intuitively how I should act because of the claims I made. So anything that didn't fit, he called me on it. And that was a wake-up call. I was 19 years old. Wow. I'll never, 
Now, never forget that uh, because they do know how a Christian should act. They go to a church. They know what they should expect. And they come and they make a couple of, you know, they sniff a couple of times, you know. And when they find hypocrisy or incongruence, they know something is wrong. They're not representing God. Who are, the, who, are, who are they representing then? Well, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> see, there's, it's very easy, uh, perhaps very few would understand this, but it is very easy in any religion, particularly in Christianity, to open yourself up to really another kingdom and uh, where your spirituality becomes twisted. They do not know mm-hmm. what what uh, power, what principality is sometimes coming in the door because, again, they've lost track. One of the ways would be, for instance, the, some of the modern versions of the Bible. Many of them are rooted in Gnosticism, and I can prove thousands of changes, 5,000 uh, plus out of a couple of the most popular versions of the Bible that have changed doctrine, and it's, it's it's subtle, but when you look at it, it's astounding. So it starts with the Bible. Then it's, you end up with things like contemplative coming in. I know that's gone throughout uh, the world, but what is it? It's really, if you're a Christian, you probably want to stick with it. What has happened here is Buddhism uh, and transcendental meditation kind of sneaks in. No, not anything against those, but I think that if you're, following one of those, that's fine, but to be a Christian and have that kind of snuck in the back door, that's another problem, and that's what's happened with contemplative prayer, or the emergent church is another similar sort of uprising where uh, this fellow by the name of McLaren says that um, Christianity is too limiting, so what he does, open the door to a postula of religion, and then do we have a mixture? He uh, it says it's, it's a, the word that they use, interspirituality, which um, is the uniting of all religions. And you heard the word emergent church come up. And again, that's opening the doors to everything. So if a person says, well, no, I don't believe in that, then all of a sudden you're against unity, you're against peace, and you're against, uh, you know, true Christianity or true religion. That's not the case. We are to keep a very strict narrow way, if you will. And again, a lot of us don't like the word narrow. But when I hear the word narrow, I say, well, Dennis, you're so narrow. I just go, well, thank you. You're fundamental. And I go, well, thank you. I should be. Mm -hmm. So I don't make apologies for that. Dennis, what does the uh, Reason Rally tell you about how society is, is thinking about or how society is reacting to or with religion? Oh, good question, um, Rob, I, I, there's a couple of things. Um, I was looking at one of the main uh, speakers, and I, I think his topics kind of portray a little bit of what's happening there, what they're looking for. This uh, Richard Dawkins uh, speaker, Pomponent, he says that religion and science are incompatible. Mm-hmm. He says science is superior to religion. And he says and that he teaches the power of science. Now, I agree that religion and science is incompatible. Now, but I won't give him the Bible and science is incompatible. Okay? Well, why, why, so I why, believe first that, of all, let's just, get, let's just uh, stop here for a sec. Why is religion and science incompatible? 
Well, because when you look religion, you throw in a lot of man-made things. You end up with, for instance, just denominate just within Christianity alone, you have all the denominations. All of them have the reasons. There's so many of them, is because of splits and divisions and disagreements on the scripture. Right. And so you end up with um, a lot of disagreement. You end up, you end up with. I believe God shuts them out. He actually, there's mystery often spoken of in the scriptures because uh, God will hide truth from people until they, first of all, they drop the spiritual pride and uh, deal with their rebellion and come back and then the door is open. My heart was closed to read the scripture. I opened it for five or ten minutes, fall asleep until I realized there was a reason for that. And, uh, I, and that was because of really the stuff I was doing and carrying around, the, 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 my eyes were blinded to the scripture. I couldn't, couldn't read it, couldn't see it, couldn't understand it, couldn't get nowhere. Now I can read it on hour on end and um, be not only alert, but actually understanding. So some things have changed. And it was, it was really mm-hmm. by washing away the stuff that needed to, to go. So um, with atheism and agnosticism and secularism, which is what this reason rally is about. I think you, you see a lot of people, religions or Christian, whatever, they start attacking the person. But you know what? The, the, the is simply a symptom of something that is happening, the deeper struggles, the deeper within. And, it, and the only way they can respond is say there, there must be no God. If you attack them because of their atheism, you'll get nowhere. But if you if try to understand, perhaps probe a little bit, and there's probably three or four things to probe. One, to understand is, you, you know, you have a wonderful individual in front of you, probably really hurt by a religious person mm-hmm. or by one that was supposed to love them, so they're hurt. Number two, you have an intelligent person questioning about God. Those questions were mocked, misunderstood, so they were scorned. The third is perhaps they asked the question of science and were just fed a pack of preposterous, you know, religious viewpoints that insulted their intelligence, so they were lied to. And fourth, probably the uh, offended parent or grandparent, where they were hurt in church, passed on now to the to the kids. So I believe you're looking at atheism or these rallies as a wake-up call to what's happening. That is the symptom. You, you attack it all you want, you can get anywhere, but you attack to the go to the root, where we went wrong, and I tell you what, you'll unravel. Um, you know, set, really, these people are captives. That's why they're going right. there. They're trying to find answers. You know, atheism is a type of religion in itself. It has to be. What problems? This is secularism. Well, let me ask you, what problems, right? if any, do you see if the number of non-religious affiliated Americans and Canadians continue to grow? Okay, again, here comes the non-religious thing, Okay. right? Okay, I'm I'm going to say that if they fall away from religion, because I look at religion as being man-made, as carnal, Mm -hmm. often occultic, okay? So good. The thing is, is that once they're away from that, then they can start looking clearly to what and how things ought to be. That's what I had to do. I had to pull myself away from the seminary, and, and uh, Bible school wasn't too bad. Seminary in particular was a very dark place, and it should have been, 
because we op- that should have been a safe place to learn about the Bible. Yeah. And yet, the Bible wasn't even opened. It was all textbooks about the Bible. And I started looking at the prophets that were teaching me. go, do I really want to become like these guys? With all due respect, and I go, no. There was no life. There's no power. The love, ugh, right? They were, they were kind of hurting people themselves, trying to teach us how to be pastors, ministers. And I go, isn't that the reason why the Bible is, or the church is the way it is? It's empty, because it starts where they go to learn. See, a lot of the students that in seminary were very disillusioned as well. It's widespread. And uh, I know now albums are right across North America, so we end up with men graduating that don't feel equipped. And they feel that they've been hounded uh, doctrinally, follow denominational um, practices rather than be free to teach the scriptures as they see it. Interesting. Uh, Stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour right now, Dennis. Dennis Banks is our special guest, Exonation. Dennis Bank. I should say not Banks, Dennis Bank. He's the author of Sanctiprise, his website, www.sanctiprise.com. That is S-A-N-C-T-I-P-R-I-Z-E dot com, www.sanctiprise.com. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide, toll-free, email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at X. Let me see that. Hotmail.com. Gosh, too many of these. And our website, www.exoneradiotv.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues. Where? Right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. We'll be back after the news. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www. .exoneradiotv.com
And welcome back, everyone. Uh, Dennis Bank is our special guest. He's the author of Sanctiprize, www.sanctiprize.com. Uh, Dennis, you and I were talking earlier about science and religion, but let's look at science and the Bible. What can you tell us about this all-too-often-spoken-about conflict? Exactly, and it truly is. I believe the, the bulk of Christianity ostracizes those of scientific integrity uh, because the Christians don't understand the science that is in their own Bible. Because, you see, God doesn't ask us to bypass our intellectual and rational logical mind. Mm-hmm. So if I'm an engineer or a, um, a student of biology or geology or archaeology or astronomy or oceanography or medicine, I should be able to at least open the door to to see God from how he made me, how he's equipped me. I should be able to, ah, I get it. And only a God that is omniscient, that knows everything, could possibly have known this ahead of time. That's what we're talking about. Because, see, if the Bible is truly the word of God, mm-hmm. it will be true to science, it will actually predate many scientific discovery. It will give hints to help its followers to make incredible um, discoveries. And contrary, for those that are doubters and, and uh, are taking away, they may find themselves wandering in a wilderness for years in apostasy and, and, and dryness because made a stand against the Bible. Uh, and the thing is that they're making a stand based on what people have told them about the Bible but not really understood it for themselves. Now, so is there science in the Bible? Because this is what really start, interested uh, me because I needed to... See, I was always told that you just got to believe the Bible's true by faith. Right. And you go, huh, you just got to believe by faith. And so if I didn't, that sound like I was rebellious or just a bad person. But the thing is, there were some answers that I needed. And the thing is, God doesn't ask you to bypass your mind. He gives it to you so that he can approach you in the logic, the intelligence that he's given you, so you can see. And so one of the the, the, the things is the age of the earth, right? You've got some in the scientific community talking about this millions, mm-hmm. some billions, and some billions and billions of years old. Then you've got a lot of Christianity saying, well, it's only 6,000 years old. Well, that's a big disconnect. And yet you've got scientists say, I don't, I don't see it. I, I know, I know, I know that some of these things that we're finding in the geological columns, for instance, are beyond 6,000 years of age. Well, what's happened here? Well, if the the, the Bible tells us, this, this may be kind of new to a lot of people, that the earth, as we read in Genesis 1, was actually a, a, a recreation of an earth that was in a state of judgment and chaos and emptiness. It says, in the beginning was the earth. The earth was already there in, in Genesis 1.1. But it said, darkness was upon the face of the deep. That dark, talking about that was evil which means it was in a judge state. There are other scriptures that talk about that uh, uh, the nations were weakened. It talks about the people being destroyed and, and that they're uh, completely wiped out. And I go, mm-hmm. this is in Jeremiah. And I go, how could this, these things weren't making sense? Because I'm reading in Genesis and it says, these are the generations. And I only understood one generation uh, of the earth, of the earth, so, uh, 
Adam, the first created being in the new earth, is to go and replenish the earth. You don't replenish something unless it was previously and became empty. That's right. to replenish it. And then there's a hint comes out of Peter. Peter is a book of the New Testament. He's talking about two floods. He talks about one. He says, he says, you all know about this one. This is Moses and his and his the six, uh, his three sons and their daughters. And he says, you know that you know the earth was flooded and and um, you know they came out in the ark and so on and so forth. But he said this one, you're willingly ignorant. Said this happened a great while ago, which means going past the beginning of Genesis. The ter- I won't bore you with all the, the um, old languages there, because I'd get stumbled on myself. But he's saying, this you're will- willingly ignorant of. The world that then was, he says, was, um, became empty. The, all, the people were completely fled. There was no people. There was no animals. It became dark, and it said the earth trembled, which would be the result of an earthquake. Now, isn't talking about... Um, the flood of Noah, because at the flood of Noah, they still had lights on, and there was people, even though few, and there was animals, even though the number. But this other flood wiped out everything. This is in First Peter and in Jeremiah. And it, it takes about 23 pages in Sanctified to kind of lay this out, and it's astounding what we can find, because as we start to see that the possibility of an earth that became judged and then... Um, void, as it was in Genesis 1, and then God recreates in, 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 uh, in, in Genesis, you'll see he's turning the lights back on. He's not creating them. He's creating men. He's creating animals. He's, but he's, he's just kind of recreating to something that's already there. So, uh, to make a long story short, what you can have is uh, science can have its old earth. You can't have evolution. Christianity can still have man being created 6,000 years ago, 6 millennia ago, because that makes sense to Scripture. So, uh, for instance, when you do Noah's flood, which happened before any catastrophe, there was oil, organic oil, available in open pits. Wow. In probably in Arabia, right? Yeah. Where did that come from? Because you know it happens from a catastrophic event where vegetation and everything is, is buried and quickly mm-hmm. for oil to be developed. When did that happen? There's no event between Genesis, the, the creation as we know it in Genesis 1 and Noah's flood. It had to have happened previous to that for there to be oil. That's just one uh, example of, uh, of me. And the, the other question is, is for those that are familiar with the Bible, they know that uh, when Adam and Eve fell, that Satan was there in the garden already. How did he get there? Because uh, in Isaiah it says that he was cast out of heaven to earth. And when he was there, he was cast and he's seen by kings and he weakened the nations. Right? And so in, in the garden, he's anything but, you know, this, this king. He's anything but this. He comes as really a snake. The thing is, he was all, the darkness that was upon the face of the deep in Genesis 1-1, was Satan and his followers. They were cast down. The earth was destroyed. And when the earth was recreated, they then wanted to uh, come in to the new human race because, see, they're embodied spirits. And so they, they need to find a body. The only way they can get back in is by having that invite them through uh, rebellion. And once the rebellion opened, the door was then opened spiritually for Satan to then indwell. As soon as he indwelled, 
Adam and Eve, they no longer had to channel through a snake. Let me, let me ask you, let me ask you this, Dennis, and, and I, yeah. I hope you don't take what I'm going to ask you the wrong way. No. How do we know that the story in the Bible, or, or what we're told in the Bible, is, is just a perception, it's just a group of stories that were knit together, that were edited, I don't know how many times over the years, but were created by men for men who needed answers that at that time they could not find. Okay, so stories knit together. Would you be talking about some of the so-called Sunday school stories that we uh, heard about from the Old Testament? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's take the walls around Jericho. Okay. They said they marched around uh, Jericho seven times, and on the seventh day blew the trumpets. The walls fell down, and every man marched straight towards them. They have since found Jericho. Mm -hmm. What they found in Jericho is the walls was awful, because usually under siege, the walls are pushed inwards. Here they were all fell outwards. As they the army came in, they were told not to touch any of their foodstuffs. They were called the profane thing. And they were to burn the place in its entirety. Well, what's been offered, the entire place was burned, mm -hmm. and they found uh, earthen vessels completely full of grain, untouched. Because see, back then, to get a, a, an urn of grain, that's worth a lot because of the labor to get it. They, they, they just left vast amounts of it untouched. But the, 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 it was obvious signs of the fire. And there was one person in that account that uh, a, a, a prophet by the name of Rahab allowed the uh, Egyptian spies to escape through a window which was on the wall. Her house was on the wall. They found one section of the city of Jericho where the wall did not fall down. And there happened to be a house there. There happened to be a window in the, the wall of this uh, in the wall that allows somebody to escape. Now, you have to, what about the other accounts? What about um, uh, the big one is the Exodus? The Exodus happened. Were the Israelites ever in, in Egypt? Because you've got Christian or religious scholars saying they've searched in the Sinai Peninsula for uh, a century and haven't found a trace of the Exodus, so it didn't happen. It's a fairy tale. You probably heard that. Yes. But. So, but thanks to uh, an American by the name of Ron Wyatt, uh, he it was called an amateur archaeologist, but a student of the scripture. And he goes, he's looking, he goes, you know what, none of this is adding up, because he said, where they've been looking, you look at all the Bible maps, they're, what, they're all the wandering of the nation is from the Sinai Peninsula. He goes, that's Egypt, they never left Egypt according to these maps, but the Bible says they left Egypt. So that really got him uh, triggered. Like the Sinai that you see now with the St. Catherine's Monastery at the base of it in the Sinai Peninsula mm -hmm. is not the real Mount Sinai. That's very clear. It doesn't match biblically, but it, it comes out of church um, <clears throat> beliefs or tradition, if you will. Now, because the scripture lays it very clear, is that they went from Sukkoth, which was in Egypt. This is an army or uh, about a million and a half people. They go straight across to Edom. Uh, and that is, if you're familiar with the Red Sea, it's kind of like it has two rabbit ears on the north end. And the one on the right is the Gulf of Aqaba, which is part of the Red Sea. And they went, they had to go straight across over to there to a place called uh, Etham, then turn uh, south, which would be kind of cornering themselves inside these rabbit ears, if you like. But the scripture says that they, they, 
they cornered themselves in, they got themselves in a real tight place that the, um, and that it said that they, it gives the, all the, I'm not going to give you all the Hebrew names for it, but it said they, they entered into a mountainous area, came out onto the mouth of a, a river, onto a, a beach area. Now that, uh, the, that gulf at, uh, has been, what you have is an 18 mile long wadi. Mountains on their side, basically that's a dry riverbed, wide enough for two million people to easily go. They come out onto this river delta, which is uh, um, large. It's several square miles in size mm. that the, their army could sit on. Then what they found is that because it was uh, delta, Ron Wyatt found an underwater seaway going from there, connecting to the side of Arabia. You see, the Bible says that Mount Sinai is in Arabia. It's very, it makes very clear in Galatians. Uh, Paul says that. And then other places say that it's in the land of Midian, which is also in Arabia. You go, why didn't they cross the Red Sea? There is uh, Google Earth. You can see the uh, this uh, beach of Maramba. You can see through the, um, you know, the underwater uh, mapping that is done. You can see the, the underwater seaway that goes, or uh, uh, highway that goes underneath. It goes to depth about 600 feet, about a kilometer and a half wide, with only a 6% slope, and comes out on the other side, which also happens to correspond with another beach. Anywhere itself on either side is, is steep uh, mountains. You cannot cross. And then Isaiah says that Solomon, King Solomon, marked the crossing by pillars, a pillar on either side. Well, guess what Ron Wyatt found? He found a pillar. One of them is there to this day. The other one's moved by the government. It's a marble pillar, 30 feet tall, approximately 6 feet in diameter, marble, and it's engraved. And the one that's engraved talks about uh, Solomon, talks about Egypt, talks about Pharaoh, talks about chariots, talks about Moses, and talks about um, captivity. It's a marker. Interesting, Dennis. You and I have to take our final break. Please stand by. Exonation, a very interesting gentleman. He's the author of Sanctiprise. My guest this hour is Dennis Bank. His website is www.sanctiprise.com. That's www.s-a-n-c-t-i-p-r-i-z-e.com. And Dennis and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break here in the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. The Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 6 a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right around the world. I'll be back with Dennis Bank. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Nation, uh, Dennis Bank is my special guest this hour. His website is Sanctiprise.com. He's the author of Sanctiprise. Uh, tell us a little bit about your book, Sanctiprise, Dennis. Uh, Sanctiprise is uh, a book that I think kind of lays out Christianity from A to Z. It uses a lot of scripture, so mm-hmm. you know that a, a man just isn't coming up with some ideas. It, it happened, it was... Um, started, I guess, as a result of my own valley, my own um, difficulties. I was mm-hmm. already, um, as a minister, doing seminars across uh, the nation. Right. Yet, as I was doing that, for instance, I talked about marriage and marriage restoration. And then my wife divorced. I go, oh, wow, boy. there's something I'm not getting here because I saw in a scripture that shouldn't happen. Right. And so the, the discovery happened with the, with a mm-hmm. deep... Um, Understanding what, or I should say, what happened with with uh, Peter, and see, uh, Peter was an impetuous, kind of a little bit of a proud fellow. He wanted to be number one. He wanted to be the man. He wanted to be the first in the kingdom. And Christ says to him, "You know, Peter, by tonight you're going to deny me three times." And, and Peter says, "No, no, that's not going to happen." Right. Anyways, he says, "Satan is this, he's going to sift wheat. You're going to be toast." And, and we know the story. The rooster yep. grows. Christ comes back, and he says, "Peter, do you love me?" And Peter says, you know, I love you. But see what happens in Greek. says, Peter, do you agape me? Peter says, you know, I can only phileo you. Go, wow. This old fisherman knew that he couldn't love God as he was supposed to. Because Christ repeats that question three times because it was important. Do you agape me? Peter says, you know, I can only phileo you. Because see, phileo is a fickle love. See, he just denied Christ when the thing is going rough. He denied him. He said, I don't know the man. That's, that's fickle. Right. It's, you can't be dependent upon. Whereas agape will die for a person, no let, matter what. Let, 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 me, let me ask you. Death. Let me ask you this quickly. Yeah. How how different is the Bible, in your opinion, in the English language as it was meant to be, or as it was originally written? Oh, that's a good question. 
um, I think that the, and I can trace this, I'm actually doing a document now called Twisted Scripture, I think you're reading my mail, and we look at all these changes in the, in the modern right. Bibles. Since the King James, the, the, all the new Bibles come out of what's a Gnostic text yes. called the Vaticanus, and, and, and I can't remember the other one right off the top of my mind, but the altered text, and it can show these changes, and what's happened is doctrine has changed, and in 25 very, very serious places, doctrine has been changed. And so the the same Bible, which which is called the Westcott and Hort text, is what's taught in our seminaries mm-hmm. as authentic Greek, but it's not. It comes out of Alexandria, Egypt. You can trace it right back there. Things have changed since then. There hasn't been an authentic revival in North America since the modern translations have hit. Dennis, we've run out of time for tonight. We'll have to have you back on in the very near future to continue this very interesting conversation. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us here. I wish you all the best success, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet here in the X-Zone. That'll be a joy, Rob. Thank you. Take care, sir. X-Zone Nation, Dennis Bank has been my guest this hour. He's the author of Sanctiprise. His website, www.sanctiprise.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. <laughs> 